Happy Sunday morning to you. Robin and I are so thankful that you tuned in. I believe we have something very good to share with everybody today that Jesus has put on our heart and we want to give it to you as well and believe it'll be an encouragement to you first. We just want to say thank you so much for all of the phone calls, all of the text messages we've been getting as well because it's very meaningful to us. We, she and I laugh you know, every week about we've never done this before and we find ourselves in a strange yet interesting time because no matter what's going on, it's amazing how relevant the kingdom of God still is and how Jesus is wanting to interact with us through His Holy Spirit. So as we get together every week, she and I talk. Of course, I'm on my prayer walks praying for all of you. I know Robin is praying for you as well. And again, before we jump into what I feel God has really given us supernaturally to encourage you, your home, your family, whether you're an individual, wherever you are in your walk with Jesus, I believe it'll be very practical for you today. And then at the end of the message, we'll be taking communion. So if you would get your communion elements together, we would love to take communion with you. And then what we've been doing since uh, we've really started videoing every week and coming to you this way online, uh, we're doing the best we can keeping our heart really passionate about what God has put on us intentionally as well as relationally with you, but we sure do miss you. Yes. And awesome. we can't wait to get back and worship with you. I probably feel in my heart we'll be back by 2027. So probably, you know, another good six years or so. But uh, we love you and we miss you, desperately miss you. We just miss seeing your faces. We miss hugging you, but I want you to know this. We said it on our very first gathering online that even though we're not with you, we're with you in spirit. Our hearts are with you. Our prayers are with you. And I'm just really thankful. And thank you so much for all you're doing. And I want to say this as we get ready to get in. I want you to open your heart today in a very supernatural moment to just let God talk to you and let Him speak to you, give you some wisdom right where you are. Maybe that's wisdom for your family, wisdom for a job, a future, whatever that may hold, because I believe that the Holy Spirit can capture this moment in such a way that it'll bring you great encouragement. At the end of communion, Michael and Olivia are coming and they're going to be leading us in a time of what I'm calling uh, warfare worship. It's allowing ourselves to learn how to let music and worship be part of the war and not just singing songs or a set list. I'm very encouraged with what they're going to bring to you tonight. And I just ask, or as we're recording tonight, but to bring to you to worship with and to put your faith with it as a warfare because that's exactly what worship is. I want you to get your Bibles out. I want to jump right into it today. And I want to share with you out of Luke chapter 24. Let me just... Uh, tell you my heart for what I believe Jesus wants us to do over the next several weeks. I'm hearing we may come back mid-May, somewhere around June. So I'm just looking ahead at the future. And as I'm looking ahead, I really felt to challenge our body, the people who call Believer's Church home. I felt to challenge us with this thought of 
what does resurrection power look like on a very practical way? We just celebrated Easter last week, the resurrection of Jesus. And then there's this window of time between the resurrection and between the day of Pentecost, this 40-day period of time where Jesus is just meeting with his followers and he's downloading kingdom wisdom and he keeps encouraging them and pushing them into something. And that's really what I felt like Robin and I we're called to do during this time right after Easter is to push our body into a new way of thinking about this thing we call church. So let's just jump right in. Grab your Bible. Grab your Bible app, if you will. Luke chapter 24. And then every week we're going to take the end of one of the gospels. So next week will be the gospel of John if you want to go ahead and begin to think that way. Luke chapter 24. It's 53 verses, but I want to start reading in verse number 35. And here's what I want you to think about. It's so interesting to me. Uh, Ryan and I and the guys were recording the Bible reading this today for this coming week out of Luke 24. And I'm just amazed that uh, these ladies and gentlemen followed Jesus for three years. They heard every parable. They saw every miracle. They ate the bread. They drank the wine with him. They sat around the campfire with him. And at the end of it all, even when he told them, I'm going to raise from the dead. Three days later, I'll build the temple back. I'm going to raise from the dead. When it was all said and done, not one of them believed it. And that's just astounding to me. These people we call the disciples, these guys and girls we call the early followers of Jesus Christ, when he first came back from the dead, every one of them were skeptical. They were all unbelieving. Not one of them showed up on Easter Sunday morning with any preparation for a miracle to happen. And here we find ourselves seven days removed from that resurrection moment. And Jesus is going to step into the equation now because he starts showing up to visit people, which has to be a rather strange thing that in your skepticism and in maybe some unbelief even, Jesus just shows up and he begins to talk to you. And in this passage we're about to read, it's very interesting because he shows up to two guys on the road to Emmaus and they're already talking about Jesus. They're talking about his resurrection, the story, and they're kind of rehearsing all the things that Jesus has done. And then this is the weird part to me. And then Jesus shows up right behind them. And he's like, hey, fellas, what are you guys talking about? And they're like, oh, don't you know? We're talking about this guy named Jesus of Nazareth who, who was crucified. He said he was God. He was raised from the dead. How strange is that, that you're talking about the guy that's being raised from the dead, and he actually shows up and starts walking down the road with you. They are clueless. The presence of the risen Jesus is on the road with the guys clueless, have no idea. And I love the way Jesus kind of plays it off like he just wants to kind of hang out and kind of see what's going on and still doesn't drop the bomb that he's the resurrected Savior. And that's where we pick up the story. Verse 35, let's jump right in. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they recognized him as he was breaking the bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among the disciples. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, 
thinking they were seeing a ghost. Again, these are the... These are the very followers that heard him say, I'm coming back, I'm coming back. You can guarantee they'll kill me, I'm coming back. They're actually seeing him in the room talking and they're startled going, oh, this can't be the real Jesus. This has to be a ghost. So these people that are becoming the early church fathers and mothers of our church, their brain is literally doing flips. Why? Because from a human perspective, this thing we call faith is illogical. Even today, it's illogical to believe this, that a God from heaven lives on the inside of us, can talk to us, and wants to work through us. That is absolutely illogical. It doesn't even make any sense to the natural mind at all. So let's go to those early followers. It was illogical to them that a carpenter named Jesus that was dead could be alive. And when they see him, they're like, oh, dude, this is just a ghost. There's nothing real about this at all. It's got to be a figment of our imagination, an apparition of sorts. And Jesus is like, it's the real me. And uh, I just want you to think about this, that the faith we adhere to, that there's a heaven where a God lives, who's preparing a place for us, who's coming back, who dwells in us, who lives in us, who wants to talk with us, and He wants to work through us on the surface, that's illogical. And what I'm finding out is the longer our faith goes, how few people really know how to have an ongoing, real relationship with that Jesus that it's not so illogical, you know, giving, illogical, hearing God talk to me. I have no clue what he sounds like. What do you mean he still talks to me today? And that's where these, these followers were. Let's keep reading. Here's what Jesus says again, verse 37. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands, look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I'm not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still they were in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. And he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he ate it as they watched. And then he said, <clears throat> When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, Yes, it was written long ago that Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that the Messiah would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. There's forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. All right, catch this. And then this is what Robin and I want to share with you that I pray will just bless your socks off. And because it's, I think in my own opinion of us as a husband and wife, what we're going to share with you has helped us be successful. Not that I've done it all the right way and not that I've not had my share of mistakes and failures and problems or we've not had to learn to work together to fight together for the best marriage. But one thing we learned is how to incorporate into our life what I'm about to share with you and this is 
where I want you to land with this from this verse. Jesus comes into the equation and says, Don't you know that I'm real? Don't you know that you can touch me? Don't you know that I'm just not a ghost? And I just want, I want to leave you with this as we get ready to go into it because this is a critical thought for you. Don't you know He's real? Like this has to be more than just Bible stories. If Jesus is just Bible stories, we're to be the most pitied. And many times in our Christian walk, I find that it's almost as if Jesus is real, but He's kind of like cartoon real. Like he's a, he's a figure in a, in a storybook. And I kind of have a, a storybook relationship with him. Like I know about him. I know those stories. I know about the raising of the dead. But Jesus said this. He said, guys, I'm not a ghost. I'm real. Touch me. Put your hand out here and grab a hold of me. So I want to leave you with this as we get ready to go in a little deeper here. Man, he's real. He's not just some storybook God. He's not just a a historical figure. He's real in the sense that he can be touched. He's real in the sense that he knows your needs. He's real in the sense, and this is where we're going to go tonight, he's real in the sense that he wants to communicate with you. He wants to talk with you. He wants to have a relationship to whereby his reality becomes your reality. That the things he knows becomes the things you know. The thoughts he has become your thoughts. Uh, The wisdom that he has becomes your wisdom. And I think that's where Robin and I have found great success in our life is we were raised to believe that Jesus is more than just a storybook figure. He's real. He talks to you. He will commune with you. He'll go to bed with you, wake up with you. He will be with you in the car, the bathroom, work, wherever you go. You go to the gym, Jesus goes to the gym with you. I remember when I was a teenager, uh, you know, uh, kind of mid-teens, 13, 14, my mom said something that just blew my mind. I mean, then I thought she's kind of off her rocker, but now I realize what she was saying. She said, son, I just want you to know this. Wherever you plan to go tonight, the Holy Spirit will go with you, and He knows everything you do, and He talks to me. <laughs> I just thought, that can't be fair. Like, I would like to just go be able to get away with something. I would like to be able to sin and not get caught. You know, I mean, I'm in my teenage years. Like, give me a little bit of disobedience here, Mom. But she said something. I don't think she said it to scare me. Maybe back then I did. I'm thinking, oh, she's probably trying to scare me. But what I realized is she wasn't trying to scare me. She really believed that there was a spirit from heaven, the spirit of Jesus that lived on the inside of her, and that spirit would talk to her not just about her life, but about her children, about now her grandchildren, her great-grandchildren. I know Robin's mom was the same way. She was passionate about hearing Jesus, raising Robin to hear Jesus. And I want you to listen to what Jesus says here. He says, fellas, I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. He said, now when I leave, I'm going to go away, but I need you to wait on the power of the Holy Spirit. Because it's going to be the Holy Spirit that's going to commune with you, that's going to talk with you, that's going to help you, that's going to give you wisdom, 
that is going to walk you through the things of life. John chapter 14, 15, 16, 17. Here's what it says all about the Holy Spirit. He'll teach you. He'll, he'll give you peace. He'll show you the future. How, how mind-blowing is that? It's like there are more Christians that probably believe in the horoscope and the fortune cookie than they do that Jesus Christ will speak to them. And so tonight, Robin and I just want to share with you some very practical ways on how to be successful hearing the Holy Spirit, not just for you personally, but for everything around you. You parents, to hear the Holy Spirit for your children. You grandparents, for your grandchildren. There's no greater way to live than to hear the Holy Spirit. And then that is strange because how do we even know we hear the Holy Spirit? What does He sound like? I get that a lot. What does the Holy Spirit sound like? You mean He can literally talk to me and He can, he can show me the things that I need to know. And this is what I want to say about my life personally. And then I'm going to turn it to Robin just to share with you some very practical stories of her life that have, have been a way that she's communed with the Holy Spirit. But in our personal walk with Jesus, you know, we've both really relied on the Holy Spirit to help us be a husband and wife. Help me, Holy Spirit, to hear you. Help us raise these children. Help us know what's going on in their life. Show us the things that are going on in their life. And what a wonderful way to live than to believe that the Holy Spirit can speak to you in such a way that you can overcome and have victory. That's Revelation chapter 2 and 3. If you'll hear the Holy Spirit, you'll overcome and have victory. I know just personally in this moment right now. You know, I mean, there's a lot of trepidation. I get calls from pastor friends like, how are you doing? How's your church doing? How's your money holding up? And I'll tell you, when we started this journey, man, I was a little like, you know, I, I, I try to be this strong person of faith, but the mental battle of that is, are we going to make it? How, how, are we, how will we make it financially? How, how will we make it through this time? If we're not gathering, how will I make it? I love the gathering. I love hugging people. I, and I just remember on day one when they said they were going to quarantine everything and churches were shutting down, and I'm thinking, oh, we, we may be gone a week or two, and now I'm looking, we may be gone a month or two. But I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit say this, and part of it is to show you how powerful the Holy Spirit is, and another part is to say thank you so much for hearing because when we went through that, I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, Mark, don't worry. I have you. And then I heard this, and I don't want you to talk about money and offerings and tithe. And I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I've got to talk about that. What if people don't tithe? What if they don't give? What if we go under? We have salaries. There are people here on staff with us who are relying on salaries to be paid. I don't want to let them go. I don't want to have to go, hey, we're going to have to downsize. Sorry, you're going to have to go home. I don't know how we can pay. I'm going to have to talk about offerings and the importance of giving. And I felt the Lord say, no, I just want you to do what I've called you to do. I want you to share what I put on your heart every week and leave it to me to talk to people to give. And so I want to say, as hard as that was, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm just going to listen to you. I've endeavored every week to come together and not talk about money, tithing, how you can or cannot give, but just to love on you like a shepherd. But I do want to say this, thank you. Because in a weird way, what God spoke to me, He's obviously been speaking to you 
because he's been speaking to you to give and our offerings have stayed great and everybody's still on staff. We're able to pay salaries. And that's what I mean by he has to be more than a storybook cartoon Jesus. He has to be a Jesus that can talk to you in the middle of your anxieties and the middle of your frustrations. And when you get there, supernatural peace starts coming. Um, I know for me, I feel like that one of the things that I've endeavored to do as a mom and as a wife um, is to, to be very intentional with knowing and believing that I can hear the Holy Spirit. Um, I think that there are times in life that we um, like to put God in this little box, um, maybe the box of the Word, maybe the box of what somebody else told, told us about Him. But one of the things that I learned at a, at a young, young age was that He is real and He does speak. So therefore, if I believe that He's real and I believe He speaks, I have to be intentional with hearing Him and I have to be intentional with recognizing that it may not just be a thought that I'm having, it may not be just coincidence that I've read something, um, but that He actually is alive and well and I can hear Him. And so I practice that intentionality. I, I literally um, give Him space to inhabit my thoughts and give Him space. Um, and by space, I mean I give Him the credit for it. And you know, He's a big God. If I, if I screw up and it's not Him, it's not the end of the world. Um, he's a big God and I believe that He's able to lead me in that. And I've endeavored to do that with my children. I know one um, one Saturday morning, Mark and I were at home. Our kitchen sits right off of our um, bedroom, so we can hear everything that goes on in the kitchen. And Stella was probably six years old, I guess, at the time, and um, she had a friend who spent the night. And um, as a mom, remember, I'm trying to instill the same intentionality with my children that, hey, kids, you all can hear God, and He is real, and He's more than a Sunday school story. He's more than something that Miss Jennifer tells you at church. Like, there's a real thing going on between you and Him. So I want them to practice that. And so Mark and I are in bed, and um, the girls had woken up early, and she and her friend ran down to the kitchen to get a bowl of cereal to eat. And they are sitting at the kitchen table, and Stella is a six-year-old, um, begins to take this visitor in our home who I'm not sure what she or her family really know about the Lord, but Stella begins to have a conversation with her about the Holy Spirit as only a six-year-old could do. And um, I hear her talking about the Holy Spirit. Then I hear her talking about speaking in tongues. And then I hear her doing everything that we joke about when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit. And um, she begins to teach her friend how to speak in tongues because we hadn't really laid out any theology for Stella or what the gift of speaking in tongues was or what the laying on of hands was. And um, everything in my natural body wanted to jump up and run into the kitchen at that moment and wanted to, um, you know, just say, stop, 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 stop. No, we cannot offend. We cannot offend. No. But that thing in the back of my mind, I could feel the Holy Spirit pulling me and tugging and saying, you know what? I'm real to her. And in whatever way a six-year-old can describe the Holy Spirit to someone else, you need to give Stella space to do that. And um, so I did. We, we let them have that conversation. We listened to it. Um, and it was, you know, it was quite, quite funny, but at the end of that story is um, that little girl's mother and I became very dear friends, and she and I have a relationship that I believe was a God thing. She was a God-sent friend to me um, when we first moved to Villa Rica, and it's just been a thing where her mom and I pray with each other. We talk 
uh, about life with each other, and um, Stella was a witness that day. Um, and what it did, it did for me as a mom is it showed me that we, we have an opportunity to allow our children to know that the Holy Spirit is real. Um, even if things need to be corrected or even if things need to be reined in sometimes. And I'm not sure, I think sometimes we fear allowing those moments for our kids to have those very real experiences. So don't stifle your children. Um, allow them to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit um, in their, their age brackets and on their maturity levels because what you want is you want a mature adult who says, you know what, I do know how to hear him and I do know when it's my flesh and I, I, I know when it's the voice of the Holy Spirit. I know when I feel him pulling and tugging, um, but we have to allow them space to do that and we have to be very intentional with that um, yeah, as a parent. I, yeah, I, I know growing up, I'll tell you, uh, my, you know, my side of learning how to hear, hear the Holy Spirit uh, when I was about 10 years old, and those of you that know me very well know this story, I was about 10, my brother uh, got in trouble and he ran away from home. And my dad was screaming while he's running out the door and my mom doing the same. And I remember they grabbed me, they went to the living room, we grabbed hands and my parents started praying. They actually started praying in the spirit. You know, I, I'm young enough to go, these, they're, they're kind of crazy. I have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> but my dad got up and said, uh, the Holy Spirit showed me where my brother was. He said, the Holy Spirit showed me where he's at. And he said, he's sitting at a bar stool and called the name. And my dad went there and my brother was there. And you better believe as a kid, this is what I came away with. I don't know if I can hear God, but I know my dad does. And I know my mom does. So that's point one of hearing the Lord is you have to know that He does speak. You may not hear Him yet. You may be like, I'm really skeptical about this. Jesus talks to people. But I would just challenge you to practice learning to hear. You need to get around people who can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You need to position your life with older Christians who know what the Lord sounds like and who can understand uh, what His voice is and what His voice sounds like. I'll, I'll go back kind of in a practical way to show you what I mean. Uh, it was uh, in the 10th grade. I went out for football. I was terrible. I was 143 pounds soaking wet. And I was on a football team having never played football. And I just literally got destroyed every single day at practice. So much so I decided I'm quitting. I hate this. I'd rather play basketball because they get fouled if they touch me. I didn't like the football thing. And, uh, but the coach allowed me to stay on the weightlifting team. And uh, again, I'm 143 pounds soaking wet, could probably bench press 120 pounds. I, I probably couldn't even bench press my, my own body weight. But to leave me on the weightlifting team, he had to put me with the group of the strongest boys in in on the football team because all of the other uh, guys my weight and what could lift already were full of the amount of guys that were in their group. So he stuck me with the strongest boys. There was only three of them, and he stuck me with them. So you can imagine a 143-pound weakling uh, having to work out with guys that could bench press 400 pounds, squat 500-plus pounds. I mean, that's back in the 80s. That was a lot back then. And here I am at 145 pounds trying just... And I remember when they sat me down with 225 pounds, they said, bitch this, Mark. And I was like, dude, I can't even move it off the bar. 
and you want me to bench 225 like my max would be 150. You're 75 pounds more than I could even possibly lift. And this is what they said, don't worry about it. Just we'll help you. You just need to learn what it feels like to lift this much weight. And I remember they took it off and they held it in my hands. I had a guy standing behind me and two on either end. And I remember as a little scrawny weakling, 225 pounds with my arms just shaking, going, I feel like I'm gonna die. It's gonna drop on my chest. And they were going, just let it down slow. Let it down as slow as you can. And do you know what they did? They did that every single day, every single day, over and over and over and over. And by the end of the season, I was the third, fourth strongest guy in my high school uh, in less than one season of football. Why? Because I put myself with people who knew how to lift and who were more experienced. So in hearing the Holy Spirit, you've got to put yourself with some people who have some uh, Holy Spirit experience with people who can hear the Lord to say, this is what He sounds like. I remember that was one of my biggest questions. Like, how do you even know what He sounds like? And I'll never forget what the guy says. He said, it'll pretty much sound like you. Like it'll be God talking to you, your thoughts, your... And then I was like, my thoughts could be His thoughts? I mean, you see how my brain is just going. So here's my heart to you on starting to learn to live by the presence of the Spirit. Number one, do you know He's real? And He does talk. You may say, well, He's never talked to me. That's fine. Do you believe He still talks? And then if you do that, then let's go to the second one and say, put yourself around some people who can hear the Holy Spirit that can help you practice hearing the Holy Spirit, that can help you go, I think I heard Him, but I'm not sure. But if you have some other people around you going, it's okay. Like I love what Robin said. She said, you might miss it, but God's okay with that. So uh, how do you know as a mom, a wife, a daughter of Jesus, like how do you know that the voice you're hearing you're discerning it to be the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I feel like I really have to go back and remember because I've been walking with the Holy Spirit for uh, for such a long time. That doesn't mean that I, I don't think that I ever miss it, but um, there's just an assurance. It's almost like you can't explain it to people. I think until you begin to until you begin to practice what you hear, and I think. What I mean by practicing what you hear is, is taking that still small voice that speaks to your heart or in your mind, and when you begin to apply that to your life, you begin to see fruit come from it, and it kind of solidifies that, hey, that was the Holy Spirit. That, that was the Holy Spirit. Um, and for me, it's just, um, you know, it's just always a still small voice that, um, that I have to trust. Uh, you know, and through the years, I've practiced trusting that voice and so now it's um it's relatively easy sometimes i like to turn it off you know and say uh, no <laughs> you know i'm not ready to deal with that or i'm not ready to do but to do that but it it just always is a confirmation in my spirit and heart and mind that just line up and i i just um know yeah. that, that he's and speaking. I, I and i think that's no different than she and i it's going to be very hard to know what the lord sounds like when you don't even get in the bible because that is His will and His Word. And when you spend time in the Bible, uh, it just begins to become so much a part of you. You know, we do the Bible reading project, and I say it like this all the time, hoping to inspire you to read the Bible every day, zero excuse. Well, it's not so you can be religious. It's so that you can learn 
what his word sounds like because his voice will never go against his word. And that's just a beautiful thing. But, you know, when Robin calls me on the phone, she doesn't go, hey, Mark, this is Robin. And I go, really? Are you sure? I'd like to see your face. I'm not sure. I just know the tone of her voice. Uh, and I think the, the longer you spend time with God in the Bible, the longer you spend time just learning to listen to Him, and I do that today, uh, God, just talk to me. Let me learn to listen. And I remember one of the first times years ago, and I was trying to, like, you can hear God? What does He sound like? I said this to a friend of mine, again, who was older than me, but he was discipling me. And this is what he said. He said, um, I said, well, what if, what if God... I don't know, is it me or God? Like I hear a thought, is it me or is it God? And this is what he said, I'll never forget. He said, what does it matter? Just obey what you're hearing and you'll learn to determine if it's you or God. And, and this, is, this was so profound to me because we have such a dichotomy like God lives in me, but if he talks, it's going to be this booming voice and it'll sound like I'm God. And, and yet I've realized that God just really kind of sounds like my own thoughts because He dwells in me, He lives in me, and He'll just speak to me. And then I have a thought and somebody goes, well, how do you know if it's your thought or God's thought? I go, I, I just have done it long enough that I know if it's my thought versus His thought by the level of peace I have. But I had to practice that. I had to practice, I think I heard the Lord. I had to practice, I feel like I've heard God. And then I would take that to other people who were stronger in faith than me and go, hey, I think I heard the Lord. What do you think? And do you know what you're going to have to do? It's going to sound crazy. You're going to have to practice. You're just, it's no different than a 143-pound weakling looking at the bar going, I'll never do it. I'll never do it. I'll just never be able to do it. There's no way. Well, guess what? There is a way. You may be sitting there this morning going, I've never heard God. You may be a teenager going, I don't even know how to hear God. What do you mean? He talks to me. You may be a parent going, what do you mean God will talk to me about my children? And, and the answer to that is yes. Jesus' resurrection was to be a reality whereby He's communing with us, talking with us. That's why He said to all seven churches in Revelation, if you'll listen to what the Spirit is saying, you'll overcome. Jesus Himself has an expectation that He's going to talk to you and He's going to commune with you. And Robin and I, and we'll share some more stories in the weeks ahead, but our 30 years of marriage together, four daughters we've raised, is just a wall full of moments where the Holy Spirit has stepped in and spoken to us outside of our own knowledge and wisdom to give us peace and understanding about how to walk through a hard time. And so here's what I want to leave you with as we get ready for communion. First off, Jesus is not just a storybook God. He's real. And, he, and if He's real, the reality of Him being in you is He wants to talk with you. And then you say, well, what will He sound like? And I'll say, let's just start here. He sounds like a thought that He'll give you. He'll sound like an idea of wisdom that He gives you. But then you have to practice that. You have to, I love what Robin said a minute ago, you have to be bold and act upon that. You have to try it. And the more you try it, it gets easier and easier and easier so that what I shared with you a moment ago, Mark, don't even worry. Don't worry about the money. Don't even worry about talking about tithes and offerings. I'm going to speak to people. Well, I've been following God so long, I wasn't in my office going, oh, is that me or is that God? Is that me or that God? 
I pretty much know it's God because me is just the opposite. Me is like, I need to worry about it. Me is, I need to panic and be anxious. So why would I even have that thought? So the longer I've done it, I just know it to be the Lord. And then finally, you just test it. You get you some godly men and women around you. You get you some people that are older than you. That's why B groups are so important. You get men and women around you that have been walking with God, that have been talking with God, that know what He sounds like, and you just have to practice it over and over and over. So over the next several weeks, Robin and I just want to come to you and in the most practical ways we can, teach you how to tap into the resurrected Jesus so that He becomes real in your life and He becomes real in your home. And I'll just go ahead and encourage you with this. You may be sitting there this morning going, man, I, that's just so over my head. Like, can I really do this? The answer is yes. And Robin and I would love to talk with you. You can reach out to us. We'll walk you through it. We'll help you learn to hear the Lord. But I at least want you to end today thinking this, God does speak to me. And if He does speak, I can hear Him. And if I can hear Him, I will overcome. Those are the three greatest things you can do about a resurrected Jesus. Otherwise, guess what? We're going to be a bunch of people who say we believe, but we treat Him like a ghost. A bunch of people who say I believe all the right things, but He never talks to me because He's not real to me. And that's what we want to leave you with today. I want Robin just to give you some encouragement of how to stand strong. Maybe some of you are believing for children, for marriages, for jobs. And I just want her to use her faith before we go into communion to speak to you and to encourage you of how to stand strong to hear God if you're in the middle of a fairly anxious or crisis moment. When, when we begin to develop this relationship with God, I, I think that sometimes we um, don't always run full throttle after the fact that, that not only does He desire that we have a relationship with Him so that we can get to heaven, but it is 100% true that He wants to impact us here on this planet. And that means all of the things that concern us. Um, sometimes I think we, we serve God because we love Him and we're so grateful for what He did as far as dying on the cross for us. Um, and sometimes we serve Him with where the, the last part of this scripture is going, which is to really impact our 50 feet, which we're going to get to in a few weeks, um, which is the, a, a huge benefit of being able to hear His voice so that we can be disciples who truly impact other people. But sometimes in the in-between, the in I think we forget that He is a God who cares about us. And when we develop intimacy with Him and we develop a relationship with Him, um, our, our life with God gets sweeter and sweeter and sweeter because He is alive and because He does talk. I know for me there have been moments that um, I have felt overwhelmed. I've felt overwhelmed by life circumstances, um, overwhelmed by things my children were going through, overwhelmed by our marriage before. Um, overwhelmed by my own um, inadequacies in whatever situation that I would be facing. And I remember the beginning of all of these restrictions that began to get placed on us. It must have been the first week. Um, probably, uh, I don't know if I'd read a news article or a Google article or, or what I had read, but it kind of just kind of hit me like this is actually happening. Like I am living um, in a moment of history that, that I've never lived in before. And I remember we had turned the lights out. You had finished reading your Bible. Um, and I looked over at you and said, well, 
Um, here, here's the truth of what I know. You and I have been there before. We have been at rock bottom, whatever that looks like, whether it's because of a virus, whether it's because of finances, whether it's because of children or marriage. And I remember I looked over at you and said, one thing that I know, God always comes through. Always. He always comes through. Um, so I don't know what tomorrow's going to look like. I don't know what all of your bank accounts look like. Um, I don't know what's going on in your marriage right now, your jobs, your kids. I don't know about your health, um, but I do know the one who knows you, um, and I know him very, very well, and I assure you that he is well able to hasten to perform his word, to do more than enough to keep you and hold you. And sometimes we have to fight for that mentally. Sometimes we have to get the word out, and we have to say, I may not feel it. Um, it may not look like it. It may not sound like it or smell like it, um, and nothing may be adding up, but, but I have an assurance. I know for my own life, and for you, I'm going to pray over you and um, just believe. I literally have to go old school sometimes, and I have to get the Bible out, and I just have to read it to myself, and I have to proclaim what His truth says, um, whether that be the written word of what I, what I see here when I pull my scriptures up or, or in the Bible, or whether it, it be a word that he speaks to me um, in the midnight hour, um, just something that, that he would give me. And so I encourage you to get that word um, and don't, don't be shy about having a conversation with the Lord um, out loud that says, this is what's going to happen to me. I am going to overcome. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and I'm not beneath. And I am healed from the top of my head. My, my marriage is well. My children are well. And just begin to speak out the truth of the word of God. Um, he hasn't left us. He knows exactly what's going on. Um, Every time, whether it's this time or um, a, a time in the future, God always knows. Um, and he has, has created us with the ability to have a real live Jesus living on the inside of us, which means we're victorious. If Jesus lives in us and he is resurrection, which is what the Bible says, it's what we just read here. So if there's a resurrected God who by the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, then there is no going under for us. Resurrection doesn't change just because years have gone on. Resurrection means that you are going to come out on top. I, um, I know that I don't do it now. I don't look like a fisherman or a little fisher girl, but I was a country girl growing up. And I remember going fishing with my daddy all the time. Um, and it wasn't, uh, you know, the big rig kind of fishing with lots of equipment. It was just a little bob that would sit on a little line that I would throw out. And, um, you know, that bob, it just stays there. And the funny thing is when a fish bites it and takes it under, I could pull it and it would pop right back up. That bob just sits on the water. And to me, that's resurrection. Without a fish on it, you can push it down and you can try to get it to go down. And it just, it, it was always there. I always knew right where my line was. And um, to me, that's always been a, a reminder of resurrection. I'm not going under. Um, it's just not what's going to happen. So you're not going to go under. You have to grab hold of it. You have to believe it. You have to believe that you have ears to hear what the Spirit says. Um, he's no respecter of persons. The same way he speaks to me and Mark about our marriage and our kids. Um, don't believe the lie that that's not for you. It's definitely for you. You're a believer. You're covered by the blood of Jesus. He lives on the inside of you, and there's nothing um, that can stand in between you and a relationship with him when you earnestly seek him. So, um, you're gonna, you're That's good. Amen. I want you to get your communion elements together. Robin and I want to take communion with you, and as you gather your family around and you get the elements ready to pray over, we're going to pray over them for you. I felt while Robin was talking to encourage you with this, and, and I'll say this is what I felt like I heard in my heart. You've been listening going, 
I'm asking, but I don't hear a thing. I've been asking and asking, and I don't hear a thing. I get zero from God. He's not talking to me at all. Have I done something wrong? Am I not listening right? I've been praying and praying and praying, and I get nothing but crickets back. I just want to encourage you. I don't know who you are. Maybe if that's you, you'll reach out to Robin and I and just let us know because I want to put my faith with you. You know, you may uh, be feeling like all I hear is crickets and the devil's trying to really defeat you here to just give up and stop. But I want to promise you the Lord's alive, like Robin said, and he can show himself strong for you. Let's get ready to pray now, if you will. If you'll take the elements in your hand and let's get ready to partake together. Robin and I are going to bless them. At the end of the blessing and at the end of our communion, Michael and Olivia are going to come. I know they've got some great worship picked out for you, and they're just going to come right where you are, your living room, your den, your bedroom, and they're just going to, they're going to give you a moment of worship warfare. And I want you, if you're there, maybe turn the television up even louder, maybe remove all the distraction from around you, and just let that worship penetrate your home. Let those musical notes penetrate your home. And let's believe that as you worship with them today, that God is going to bring peace to your home, hope to your home, joy to your home, health to your home, because that's what I believe can happen when warfare is our worship. Amen. Let's pray. Father, Robert and I thank you for a time in the Word today. I thank you for the reading of the Word. God, I thank you that you challenged us today not to just live like you're some cartoon character, some ghost, but you're real. And in that reality, you talk with us, you walk with us, you commune with us, you share your wisdom with us. So now as we hold these elements in our hand, I pray that the word that we heard will sink down deep in our heart. God, if we're listening and we're frustrated, we let these frustrations go now. And God, we just trust you like Robin said. We don't have to worry about going under. Lord, I thank you with the power of this communion right now. We're making a statement of our faith that Jesus Christ of Nazareth is our resurrection. And if he is our resurrection, then we are not going under. So, Father, for our marriages, for our homes, for our future, for our children, for our businesses, our finances, we thank you that resurrection life is more powerful than any amount of discouragement, anxiety, or defeat. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's partake together. Thank you so much for joining us on the Believer's Church podcast. If you would like more information about Believer's Church, you can visit mybelieverschurch.com. If there's anything that you need prayer for, please email us at amen at mybelieverschurch.com. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next week for a brand new message. 